Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Hello again, everyone. I know last week I said the leaves weren't changing yet, but now it's all beautiful colors everywhere I look. I'm so glad that I live in a part of the country where the seasons change. But before we get into today's topic, I had a very interesting experience the other night that I thought I might share. Um, One of my friends had an extra ticket to a gong bath, and that was my Saturday night last weekend. Now, every time I say or think the phrase gong bath, I get a mental image of being in a bathtub and someone is banging a gong behind me, which would not be at all relaxing. But in reality, the term bath here is to describe how you're immersed in the experience. You are bathed in the sounds and vibrations of the gongs. So this one that we went to is 90 minutes long, and during part of it, there was a guided meditation, but most of it was just the sounds of the gongs. And it was pretty cool. I really like meditative yoga, and this was like a super intense meditative yoga, except you're not moving through any poses, which is actually kind of good if you're still recovering from a broken wrist. So it was just meditation and relaxation. But the really interesting thing to me was all the different sounds that the gongs made. So some were just like what you traditionally think of as a gong. Some were sort of percussive. There was one that sounded like rain on a roof. There was one that sounded like a didgeridoo. There were lots of different musical types. It was like a really big variety. But anyway, it was a very zen way to spend a Saturday night, and I'm definitely planning to do it again. And if you're into that kind of thing, I would highly encourage it. So today's topic, I wanted to talk about what happens when we think a friend or a colleague or anyone has a skill or quality or thing that we see as a good thing and we don't have that thing and what we sometimes make this mean for us. I'm going to start by giving some definitions because I want to make a distinction between three different types of feelings. Admiration is easy. The dictionary definition is respect and warm approval. And I think we all get this one. When you admire someone, you have this clean feeling of thinking they are good in this one aspect or maybe many aspects. You might wish that you had the same thing. You might not. Lots of times we admire people without having any desire whatsoever to be like them or do what they do or have what they have. Envy. Merriam-Webster defines envy as a discontented longing for someone else's advantages. So it's not quite as clean as admiration, and you definitely want their thing, but it's mostly about the thing and not the person. Jealousy takes things a step further, where you're judging or suspicious of the person who has what you want. Dictionary.com gives this nice summary, quote, Jealousy and envy both involve a feeling of desire for what another person has, but jealousy is usually thought to be more negative. It often involves resentment toward the other person. Envy is also a negative feeling, like a mix of admiration and discontent, but the word doesn't usually imply hostility, unquote. 
Now, in casual conversation, we often throw around the word jealousy when what we really mean is envy. So like your very good friend is going on a dream vacation and you tell them, oh my God, I'm so jealous. But you really don't mean jealous because you don't begrudge your friend their trip. You're actually happy and excited for them. But man, you wish you could have a trip like that. So that's really envy, not jealousy. But just for today's podcast, we're going to stick with the strict definitions because these three emotions have very different impacts on your actions and therefore on your results, which is also known as your perception of your life. I want to preface this by pointing out that these are all completely normal human emotions to have. It's part of the normal human existence to have all of these things happen in your life. That being said, becoming aware of the proportion of each that you typically have can be pretty useful in figuring out what sort of experience you're creating for yourself. You might decide that you like things exactly as they are. You might decide you want to make some changes. But before you can even consider that, you have to recognize what's going on behind the scenes. So we'll start with admiration. Admiration's a great thing. There are lots of people that I admire. Sometimes I do not want to be anything like them. I admire primary care docs who have the patience to help their patients with chronic, difficult-to-manage health conditions. I'm completely okay that I'm not the type of person who can do that. I admire people who are stay-at-home parents and love it. I actually kind of believe that there's a gene for being a stay-at-home parent, and I just don't have that gene. I love my kids fiercely, but I'm a much better parent because I go to work and then I miss them. I admire people who write grants and publish high-impact journal articles and shape the way we understand and practice medicine. Admiration shows us what we value. It helps define our moral compass. Only good can come of admiration, especially when we express and share it with others. What could be better than lifting someone else up, publicly or privately, in a very sincere way? And a measured way, of course, if anyone is just completely effusive with their praise of everyone all the time, it loses its meaning. But if you have a moment of recognizing true admiration of someone, share it. Now, on the other hand, jealousy is a self-defeating emotion. I want to immediately follow that with it's also completely normal to feel it from time to time. We are not perfect creatures. Our brains are not wired to be rational and loving every minute of every day. Sometimes things like jealousy sneak in. If your brain offers you jealous thoughts, it doesn't mean that you're greedy or vindictive. It probably means that you're struggling with something in that moment. It's entirely possible to greet your jealousy, figure out why it's happening, get to the root of your thinking, and then allow it to naturally dissipate. When you do this, you're not shaming yourself for having jealousy. You're not trying to push it down and make it go away. You're inviting it in so you can take a really good look at it. It's going to be uncomfortable at first, but I promise it will be worth it in the long run. Like all coaching work, the first step in diffusing an unpleasant emotion is to figure out what thought or thoughts are causing it. To use an academic medicine example, let's say a colleague that you feel is less qualified got a promotion or leadership role that you wanted. What are some of the thoughts that you might be having that are causing jealousy? Certainly not. Good for them. They really deserve it. 
that would lead to admiration or pride or something like that. And not, man, I really wanted that. Because that's going to lead to envy. Remember, envy stops at the thing. It doesn't turn into being against the person who has the thing. So if you're feeling jealous, it's going to be a thought that's something like one or one or more of these. They didn't deserve this. They didn't earn this. The boss always plays favorites with them. They always get everything and they don't even put in the work or have the qualifications or whatever. I never get anything I want. No one values me here. I don't know why I bother. This is clearly rigged. So probably something like one of these or maybe more. Now, you might be thinking of a particular example and coming up with your thoughts that made you feel jealous and thinking, yeah, but those things are just the truth. If you're thinking that, make a mental note of this defiance you're having, because this sort of outrage or arguing where your brain is really convinced that there's no reasonable option other than to wallow in an unpleasant emotion, it almost always means your thinking is causing the main problem. Now stick with me. I'm going somewhere with this, and I promise it will make more sense in a minute. So let's say this promotion you wanted requires an MPH, and you have an MPH, and the person who got the job doesn't. Seems pretty clear-cut and factual that this is unfair, right? It seems logical that the only reasonable way you could feel about this is indignant or angry or jealous or something like that, right? Okay, here's where I'm going to show you that the problem for you isn't the facts of the situation, it's your thinking. If you're thinking something like one of the thoughts that we listed earlier about the situation, and it makes you feel something like jealousy, the actions that come from jealousy are usually things like stewing about it, complaining to friends and colleagues, withdrawing, taking on a passive-aggressive demeanor because you feel so slighted, things like that. All of these things make you feel miserable, and they don't give you the position that you feel is rightfully yours, and they don't change the system that allowed it to happen. They do absolutely nothing good, but lots that isn't good. But if you're able to recognize that that's what's going on and do some work on cleaning up your thinking, you might be able to get to a place of thinking, I know I'm qualified for this position and I'm going to ask why I wasn't chosen. Now, see how that's not about the other person at all? That's really important. You're thinking a confident and affirming thought about yourself. You might get a response that there is actually a valid reason and that information just wasn't previously available to you. Or you might get a confirmation that your terrible story is true. It might be flat out favoritism. And then you might advocate for yourself and set some boundaries. You might decide to think, I deserve to work in a setting that's transparent and follows their own promotion rules. And all of this is going to send you in a direction of growth and emotional well-being and the career advancement that you deserve, all because of your thoughts. All right, so we talked about the two sort of extremes, and now for envy. 
Envy can be a good thing if you make it work for you. In its original state, it's not terribly useful. When you're thinking, I want what that person has and I'm unhappy about it. So keeping in mind that your discontent when you're envious is about the thing and not the person, examining your envy can be a pretty useful tool when figuring out what you really want. So again, with admiration, this is easy. When you're thinking admiring thoughts, you generally have a very good idea of what you're admiring and whether it's a thing or quality or trait that you want for yourself or not. With envy, you do always think you want it, but when you examine your envy, you might find some surprises. So as an example, many years ago, a position in my department opened up unexpectedly and needed to be filled quickly. Someone got appointed and accepted the position, and I was definitely envious. Now, I was able to easily acknowledge to myself that the selected person was an excellent candidate and well-suited to the position and had the skills and background that are kind of prerequisite, and I didn't have those things. So I wasn't jealous. There wasn't any feeling like it was wrong or unfair. But I still had a pretty strong pang of, wait a minute, what about me? And the funny thing to me about this scenario was that I hadn't ever previously aspired to be in that role at all. So when I examined this, I was able to see that there was an area for some professional development that I hadn't previously realized I was lacking. And now I knew I wanted to prioritize that. So that was a helpful thing. The other thing I realized was that, well, yes, I did want to develop myself in this area. My envy was mostly that I wanted other people to think that I'm good at everything and should be considered for everything, which, of course, is because I was still looking for external validation instead of realizing that I can just decide to think those things about myself and create that feeling without anyone else's help. So again, this was years and years ago, and it was way before I was ever introduced to the concept of coaching. But I just happened to stumble across these things in my ruminations, and without knowing, I coached myself to a better place. And now I'm getting the stink eye from one of my dogs who's definitely jealous that working on a podcast is getting my attention that clearly should be dedicated at petting dogs. Have a wonderful Sunday, everyone. I will see you back next time. Opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.